Welcome to our BizGrow community podcast for entrepreneurs. In this podcast series, we not only discuss issues impacting the entrepreneurship space, but also share practical insights on how to grow your business. I'm Trisha Young. Welcome back, listeners. I'm Trish Young, the host of the BizGrow Community Podcast. Today, I have with me a very, very interesting guest. I mean, I think everybody's interesting, to be honest with you, that comes on here. <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't be on. But to be honest with you, this one is a, a really, really nice story. And as you know, we're in the business of uh, having folks come on and share their journeys with us as a way to be able to help to educate um, our, our listener base on entrepreneurship. Uh, and, and you know all the all the various facets of it here. So this morning, I'm, I'm I have the honor of being with Alyssa Davis. She's the founder of Willow, uh, and she's going to tell us a little bit more about her business uh, in the context of you know. Um, and I, I'd love to know just a little bit more about who Alyssa Davis is, and we'll start there uh, perhaps. But just so folks get to see the incredible work that you're doing. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So let's 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 um let's take a step back. Um, tell tell our listeners who you are. I mean, who who is Alyssa Davis? <laughs> Um, so I'm the founder of Willow. Um, my background is in jewelry design for the past four years before I opened the shop. I was a full-time jewelry designer selling my collection at different Boston pop-ups, outdoor markets. I was before COVID, I was probably doing about three to four markets per week. Um, Mm -hmm. we didn't have any type of permanent location. You're just kind of going to different places, setting up, breaking down. I had done some pop-ups, maybe like a week-long pop-up at the most um, prior. And I had just been looking for a space for probably about like one to two years, Mm -hmm. pretty casually. Um, And yeah, owning a shop was kind of always the end goal. I just was a matter of when and where. And Mm -hmm. Boston, like rent is so tough that um, (laughs) it's hard to set a timeline, really. Like you kind of just have to find the right space and it has to feel like it fits um, and kind of go from there. But yeah, I went, I started with jewelry and then always kind of knew I wanted to branch out into selling other things. Like I had met so many amazing artists just by doing all the outdoor markets. Like every Mm -hmm. week you start to see familiar faces and you start to meet meet like new people and hear their stories. Um, So I, I had kind of a group of people in mind already that who's like brands, I feel like really resonated with me and whose vibe kind of was similar to mine that I would maybe want to pair. And then it kind of just grew from there. Um, Mm -hmm. All right. That's interesting. Yeah, that's usually how it starts. And I think it's very important for people to be able to see that, right? You you, you got to where you 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 are now through uh, experimentation. And, you know, we call this concept, and I think uh, Professor Zacharak is over at Babson College, sums this up best as, you know, he talks about this extensively um, on one of our uh, interviews with him about the the, the methodology of entrepreneurial thought and action, going out there and experimenting and, you know, just seeing on the ground, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) And I remember like the first week or two that I opened up the shop and I was so nervous because I I knew my jewelry, like I knew people liked my jewelry and there I had bestsellers that people were buying, but I didn't know if they would like all the other stuff I was selling. (laughs) And, And I started carrying clothes and I was like, oh my gosh, like I hope people don't just come and like only want the jewelry and like maybe I should have just like stuck to that. So when, um, just like, meeting customers and seeing and hearing their thoughts and kind of like growing organically from that, I think Mm -hmm. really helped to shape the way the store is now. Right. Right. 
Absolutely. So talk about when you went to establishing your business, excuse me, uh, how long did it take you to, you know, this whole concept of experimentation, right? So we get into the process of just figuring out that uh, you had uh, a market, but how long did it take for you to really realize that this, uh, you had something here and that you, it was worth, you know, and continuing the journey and pushing through, Um, get it to Store. The moment I kind of like went full time, I guess, um, it's hard to like pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. I remember like my last corporate job I had, it was probably <laughs> like five years ago and I had left and I just was really uninspired and mm-hmm. I had a certain amount of money saved up where I'd be okay for a few months. And so I didn't really jump into searching for a new job. And I was like, had I had this idea of starting a jewelry collection and that was kind of it. I had no idea if it would work or anything. So my goal was like, I was like, oh, maybe this will be like a side hustle. And like, but I, I knew I didn't want to go into like another full-time job. Um, so I kind of put that at like my priority and then kind of found other ways to make income too that weren't a full-time job. Like I wanted jewelry to be my focus and my other streams of income to just be kind of like part-time or like backup right. to help me until I was like fully on my feet. Right. Um, and I didn't start off with like four markets a week. I started off with like, you know, one week um, and like uh, just trying out different ones and seeing which ones worked out for me and which mm-hmm. demographic, which customer base um, and mm-hmm. kind of like grew from there. But I think at the point where like, I didn't need those other streams of income, like, and I was fully supported by my jewelry. That was when I was like, wow, like, I kind of feel like I've made it in my sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, like, the starting the store was like a whole nother thing. Um, I mean, it was it was weird, because in a sense, like when I was starting the store, I was like, okay, if this doesn't work out, I have a fallback, which is my jewelry collection and doing these events. But at the same time, it was 2020 and (laughs) every single event was like non-existent. So my backup that I had worked so hard to kind of like build up just wasn't there anymore. So I was like, holy crap, like I really have to make this store work. Like now it's kind of like extra pressure. I understand. Um, Because I just want to like, going through savings and stuff like that. Um, right. But. Well, I, I think you've, so you've done an awesome job of, you know, articulating what we really go through when we're, we're starting a business and bootstrapping it and, you know, just getting things up and running. It's, I hear this, this, this type of process over and over again. I mean, as I said before, I think it's unique to every entrepreneur, the exact experience and journey, but what you're describing is it for sure. And I, I just want to take a moment just to say there was something you said that to me resonated so well when you said you made it when you were able to, um, you know, have this business be support you. Right. And I think that's so important for people to be able to understand as uh, I think a milestone, an incredible, I think, indicator of success. I'm such a proponent proponent for uh, solo entrepreneurship and micro entrepreneurship. Because it takes so much to, especially if you're bootstrapping, to get a company, you know, up to where you are being paid a salary and you're a full-time employee and, you know, you're ramping up and getting a couple other employees and ramping up from there. I mean, that is something that's incredible. So kudos to you. And I just want to make sure we took the time out. (laughs) And I think like the transition from going to corporate 
to starting like a uh, entrepreneurial journey is probably one of the toughest Mm -hmm. things because you really have to trust your gut and a lot of people I meet who are interested in kind of going that direction I think they're a little they're always a little stuck in that point um and my advice it's just like kind of trust your gut and not really listen (laughs) to what everyone is saying because for like probably the first two years after I left my corporate job and was selling my jewelry at markets, I had friends like offer me, like send me job offers and stuff. And I'm like, no, no, like, I don't want to go back. Like, it's not like I can't, I just, I don't want to. Um, so I, it's really important to just kind of trust your gut during that transition. Cause it, that can be like one of the scariest parts. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I it, it actually is the most scariest to me, at least, because you're starting to get contact. Because this is was, a, I mean, we have a very similar. <laughs> I left corporate as well, and you know, had to jump in there and realize, oh, I don't have my networks. I don't have all the things that I'm accustomed to. A budget, and I can just say, okay, I want to use this and get this started. You realize, oh wow, I've got to really build the entire infrastructure. You know, build my entire network, and almost always the network isn't the same. So it's. It's an incredible feat. And I just wanted to make sure that our listeners knew that, yeah, this is normal. (laughs) And, you know, equally important kudos to you to getting things done here. Um, So let me ask you this. Where where can our customers or customers, listeners in general, find your your, your store location? Where are you? Uh, So I'm at 65 Thayer Street. So we're in the SOA Art and Design District, Mm -hmm. which is in the South End. Uh, So if you've been to like the SOA Open Market, or any of the holiday markets or like the first Fridays, I'm right in that area. I'm one of the lower level shops. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I'm based out of. <laughs> yeah, okay, wonderful. And I just want to make sure, how, how long have you been doing this all together? That, you know, um, so I opened the shop in September of 2020. So it's almost one year already. Uh-huh. We actually opened up in a spot that was across the street from where I currently am. It was a smaller space. It didn't have a storefront. And then this space opened up in January. So I kind of moved over. (laughs) Um, So we've, I've had this shop for since September and then we've been in this space since January. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I talked to so many entrepreneurs who are in this transition point, especially in the context of, you know, having started a business in the midst of the pandemic. And I just, especially where you are an entrepreneur with a brick and mortar business, have to ask, I mean, how how difficult has it been for you guys to get back on your feet? You know, um, it's interesting because we kind of launched during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a true sense of what business would have been like prior. Like I, I'm really friendly with the neighbors that are like next to me and stuff. And I can definitely tell like we're definitely not where we should be. Like it's we're not at pre-pandemic levels of like foot traffic and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's definitely been like challenged negotiated or a challenge kind of figuring out all the different like capacity limits and right. like, the mandates <laughs> and like following that because at one point it was almost changing like weekly. Um, so that was, <laughs> that was a challenge. Um, I think like foot traffic is probably the biggest challenge, like definitely with yeah. tourists, like we're still not seeing as many tourists normally in the summer. So that definitely impacts it. College students not being in the city last year mm-hmm. really impacted it. And also like the holiday season for right. like, no matter what you're doing in retail, like the holiday season is the like a huge, like 
component of your like income for the year. And then right after it is like the three slowest months. So not mm-hmm. having like a big holiday, um, ho- holiday, like market last year was, was really tough. Um, but I think it's kind of about just like sur- survival at that point and just no, kind of just like riding the you. wave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, so what's, what's kept you motivated through all this, you know? Um, so definitely like my mantra is just to kind of show up every day and mm-hmm. stay busy. And I don't, and if people aren't walking through your shop, because I mean, I moved into this space in January and January through April are just super slow anyway, like not even with the pandemic, like people are hibernating, like they don't want to walk around and stuff. Um, so it was weird, like launching a new space during that time. But I kind of put my focus on like merchandising the shop and revamping our website, focusing on our like social media and just kind of having like a plan every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that there will be a time when people will be walking through the door again. And when that happens, I want to have all of this other stuff kind of straightened out and not have to worry about it. I think like when we're so busy too, like when we have our busy times, we have all these projects that we kind of put on the back burner. So my suggestion is to just kind of like really dive deep into those. And I know it can be hard because it can feel like uninspiring. Yeah. Um, but to just kind of know that there is going to be a point when people are going to walk through the door. I mean, if you're sitting in your shop and you're like, oh, no one's ever going to come in. I mean, there's like no point (laughs) to like growing your social media. So you need, you need to be able to see that like end goal. Um, And it it was tough with COVID because you don't really know when the end goal is. But for me, I just kept thinking like spring, like I know the market's going to open up again and it might not bring back to traffic that was pre-COVID, but it'll be more than it is now. Um, So that was kind of like my focus is just kind of getting through that and starting to kind of like plan different events and like kind of plan stuff for the future. Um, Mm -hmm. but then work on like little projects like day to day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you have plans for expanding the business and going to different locations? Uh, I mean, Um, yeah, you started in Boston, correct? I started, yeah, I started in Boston. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I really like the idea of having just like a small shop. Mm -hmm. I, actually really like the day-to-day activities. (laughs) Like I love merchandising. I love buying. I love meeting like local artists and doing our events. And I mean, I don't love inventory. I don't think anybody does, but like, I don't mind putting on like a podcast for a few hours and like doing inventory. I don't love like managing like staff. So to me, when I think about like opening multiple locations, I think you're pretty much managing staff and like overseeing the whole thing. And I don't know if I, if I would love that. Um, I'm not saying like I never would, um, but no, I, no, no. at this point, I, I don't know if, <laughs> if I Listen, would. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, uh, I, I teach a business planning series where we get to talk about, you know, like your exit strategy and thinking about the business from, you know, soup to nuts and where you, you know, how you foresee the business after you've gotten it up and running and you, your things are well, you know, and a lot of people 
uh, you know, I'm always amazed to see, and this is a great thing. They they leave with, you know, look, I I, I don't want more than a couple employees in a store, or I, I some even say, look, I I know I don't want to manage employees, and I just want to work for myself. And that's an important realization to me too, because to me that it's very important for you to know that stuff up front, so that you can, you know, factor that in into your process and your planning for, you know, the roadmap for the business and your goals. Uh, you know, it really it really helps you with the planning and getting to where you need definitely. to be faster. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, no, definitely. And there are st- like little things I know that I'm like working towards. Like probably the past five years, I've worked almost every weekend. Mm-hmm. And I know at like some point I'll have a family and maybe I won't want to work every weekend. <laughs> so like I do want to get to the point where I have like a small team that can manage the stores on like weekends and who's I can like delegate certain responsibilities to. But I, can't see myself not being able to like go into the store every week and I mean I love just like coming in like rearranging stuff and like coming in for our events and stuff like that um but I do I do have certain milestones like I definitely don't see myself doing every little thing that I'm doing right now forever Mm -hmm. right I mean there's nothing wrong with you know hiring staff and and just uh you know having them help you through the store I mean that is that is also another process, you know, and we as entrepreneurs, I think also have to learn on how to be able to manage that (laughs) as a part of our own professional development work. Um, But, you know, it's all good. So kudos to you again uh, for, you know, just realizing that. I think it's, again, one of the reasons why we ask folks to come on here and share their journeys, because we really want people to know if you're thinking this, that's great. That's still, to me, entrepreneurship, and it's still, to me, success. And, you know, in entrepreneurship, you can have a, you know, $5 billion company and you can have a single, uh, single, single person entity and do well. And you're, you're happy. And as long as you're doing what you want to do and creating opportunity for yourself to me and making the world a better place, it's all great. Uh, it's what we're all about and showcasing. I think just being like open for like Mm -hmm. possibilities too. I mean, Mm-hmm. I'm so new at this. This is my so like my first year. So everything seems like so fun and like new. I mean, I can't say like if I've been doing this for 10 years, if I would say the same thing, maybe, maybe I would love to manage staff at that point and have like <laughs> a different perspective. But I'm definitely like kind of open to kind of just seeing where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Being open and trainable without a doubt. So let me let me ask you a couple more questions before we let you go. Um, from from an entrepreneurial perspective, what sorts of overarching lessons have you learned throughout your uh, time marketing below? Um, so I think something that's really important if you're in any type of brick and mortar retail shop is to just pinpoint when your busy times are because mm-hmm. it's no shop, no matter what location you are in, is going to be busy all the time. Um, So pinpoint the months that you're busy, pinpoint the day of the week that you're busy, and then kind of lean into that and see what you can do to make that your most profitable like time. So for instance, I'm, um, I'm definitely busiest on Sundays. And I know that's a direct result of the open market being Uh in this area, it brings traffic in. So what that tells me is that like, when it's Sundays, like then I'll have, you know, someone helping out in the shop and I want to make sure everything is perfectly inventoried and priced already and merchandised. Mm-hmm. So during the week, I'm going to spend all that time kind of getting things ready. You know, like Sunday's not the day to be like unboxing stuff. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> 
And, you know, that's also the times when like, maybe I'll invite um, an artist to do like a pop-up because that's going to have the most exposure for them. If I'm like kind of debating on carrying a new artist or a new brand, I'll have them do like a pop-up outside the shop on like one of the busiest days to just see what the customer's reaction to that product is. Um, And if you don't know like what, like what day or what time is busiest and you can't really, you're not going to get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's definitely like one of the things I recommend, um, mm-hmm. if you have any type of retail, um, and that has been one of the most beneficial things since opening mm-hmm. the shop. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then also just kind of like being open to like evolving and realize you're going to make mistakes at a certain point and mm-hmm. to not be upset with yourself when you do. I mean, I've definitely like carried some things and I'm like, Oh, I thought this would do really well. And it didn't. And now it's on sale, but you just kind of like learn from those things and to just like analyze, you know, your data and see what's selling and what's not. And, um, kind of like lean into that. Yeah. I mean, you segued right into my next question. I was going to ask you, (laughs) look, (laughs) are these, are there things you look back and say, Oh gosh, I wish I could have done things in one way or that way I mean do you think you'd be able to or would have been able to do everything the way you first planned it I I've, um, I've very I knew very rarely people doing it but it would be interesting to get your perspective on this I mean there's definitely things like I wish I could have changed I don't know even if I had gone back in time if like I could have mm-hmm. like um for me I actually never really thought I would focus a ton on clothes when I got the original location it was half the size of this one so mm-hmm. it was mostly just jewelry kind of cards like accessories then when I moved into a bigger one I started carrying more clothes and that started to be like a really good seller like a bestseller for me so I started mm-hmm. to carry more and stuff mm-hmm. and that was kind of like a new avenue for me I mean I studied fashion merchandising in college so I wasn't like totally out of the loop like I was in the realm of like fashion but that that was a new thing for me and I, I did a lot of like what people do during the pandemic. They do like the polls on Instagram and they ask their customers like what they, what, what should I carry? And like, I got so many like responses and like overalls and rompers and jumpsuits. And so like, I was like, oh, everyone wants these. So I'm going to like get some and not realizing that those are also one of the like toughest pieces to fit. So like while people want them, they're, they're like a really tough (laughs) item to sell through. Um, so there are certain pieces like that where maybe I would have started off slower and then like maybe got one style of like an overall instead of like five and just kind of going that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, I think that's, stuff you kind of figure out along the way. I haven't right. made any like huge mistakes. I, <laughs> I I tend to like dip my toe in no matter what I'm doing. Like I feel like I, with the markets too, like that, like I started off with like one and I was like, okay, this is going good. I'll add another one. And like, that's kind of always been like my method. Um, I think the biggest risk that I've ever taken in my business was moving to the bigger location after only three months uh-huh. because it was during COVID. It was during the winter. It was twice the size, but also twice the amount in rent. And I was like, should I be doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everyone's like congratulating me. They're like, oh, like, good job. You must be doing great if you're like moving into a bigger space. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is just like a really big risk. And I'm hoping that it pays off. And it was one of the best decisions I made. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if maybe I hadn't taken that, that would be something that would be like, oh, I really regret not doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
you never really know. You just gotta, you just gotta trust your gut and yeah. go with the data that you have at hand. Sometimes it's the gut that works the best. I think in these scenarios, you know, you just have to be willing to, to deal with the consequences of the action. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so listen, what's your website? I tell our address, tell the address again to our listeners so that we can all come out and support you. You know, uh, kudos to you for hanging, hanging in there through the pandemic. A lot of people ended up closing shop temporarily, some, you know, permanently. So for you, weathering that storm and still, you know, being there is, is a feat. So kudos to you for that. So we want to make sure our listeners know how to reach you. Can they buy your stuff online? Where and, you know, what's your location again for, for everybody? Yeah, definitely. So our website is Shop Willow and Willow is spelled W-Y-L-L-O. So it's shopwillow.com. We also are on Instagram at shopwillow. And our shop is at 65 Thayer Street in Boston. So we're in the SOA Art and Design District in the South End. And you can definitely shop online. Almost everything that we have um, is online. And I also just wanted to mention quickly that we just started hosting uh, community workshops with a lot of our different artists. Mm. Um and small business owners. So we've had like a candle making workshop, pottery workshop, charcuterie. And then for September, we have a wreath making workshop coming up and also a paint your own planter workshop. Um, So those are definitely fun, like little networking groups to meet other Bostonians. And then we we do that in the shop. Um, So you can find all that information on the website as well. Perfect. Perfect. And the physical location, if I had to go down and just, just, just make sure yeah, I yeah. Want <laughs> 65 Thayer Street. Okay, Boston. that's in Boston, correct? Yeah. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Your story is refreshing. It's it's raw and gritty. It's everything we want to hear as it comes to, you know, it, well, no, no, no. I'm being honest here with you. The purpose of this podcast is really to showcase the truths, the the ups and downs of managing a business. Um, especially when, you know, you're going in, going in alone and you're, you're, you're doing it at a, maybe in an unconventional time or doing something in an unconventional way, but pushing through and, and uh, coming out on the other end, it's all about that journey. So I, I can't thank you enough for being here and sharing your story with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was so good talking to you and meeting you. Absolutely. And all the best. We look forward to seeing your store and, uh, you know, who knows, maybe a couple more locations. I know you're saying <laughs> <laughs> well, we get it. We get it. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our BizGrow community podcast. We hope you will join us next time for another edition of our series. Learn more about our growing community at www.bizgrow.live. I'm Trisha Young.